Thanks for watching NTD Business coming up. BuzzFeed News is shutting down as its parent company plans to cut 15% of its workforce. SpaceX's Starship spacecraft successfully lifted off from the coast of South Texas today, but it didn't get far. It's the most powerful rocket ever built. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen lays out Washington's economic approach to China. It's based on three key principles. What are they? Elon Musk is threatening to sue Microsoft. He tweeted that the company trained illegally using Twitter data. We take a closer look. Snapchat can talk back to you for free with its new chatbot function. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us, Don Ma here. Wall Street slid today. The Dow fell 110 points or 0.3%. S&P dropped 25 points or 0.6%. And the Nasdaq lost 98 points or 0.8%. BuzzFeed CEO and co-founder Jonah Peretti has announced that the company is shutting down its news outlet. Peretti said that the decision to drop BuzzFeed news is part of the company's larger plan to cut its workforce by 15%. The CEO admitted that he had put too much investment into the division due to his passion for its work. He also explained that he hadn't focused enough on the profitability of the news site. BuzzFeed was founded in November 2006. Several years later, the company launched its news site, BuzzFeed News. The outlet won a Pulitzer Prize in 2021 for its coverage of China's abuse and imprisonment of Muslim minorities. BuzzFeed went public that same year. The company's shares fell to 75 cents today, a drop of nearly 20%. The announcement comes just days after another fresh round of layoffs from Facebook's parent company, Meta. Altogether, Meta is cutting some 66,000 jobs. Elon Musk's SpaceX launched its next-generation Starship cruise vessel. Minutes later, however, the rocket and vehicle exploded in the sky. NTD's Colin Fredrickson has more. SpaceX's Starship spacecraft successfully lifted off Thursday, but didn't get far. Starship, the most powerful rocket ever built, took off from the coast of South Texas and kicked off its historic first test flight. The super-heavy rocket booster, which houses 33 engines, sent a massive boom across the coastal landscape as it fired to life. It then soared out over the Gulf of Mexico and exploded in midair. The spacecraft failed to separate from the rocket booster. Afterwards, SpaceX tweeted, quote, With a test like this, success comes from what we learn, and today's test will help us improve Starship's reliability as SpaceX seeks to make life multiplanetary. NASA Administrator Bill Nelson calls the launch a good start and says this is just how SpaceX operates to work it and work it until it works. Uh, they test this stuff. They run it hard. Sometimes it blows up. Remember, they're very successful uh, Falcon 9 rocket that launches our astronauts to the International Space Station. Several of them blew up to begin with. And now it's become a workhorse for commercial, for government, for NASA. Uh, so uh, this is their modus operandi. Former ISS commander Chris Hadfield says he's pleasantly surprised it got this far. I mean, it was way more successful than I thought it was going to be. So huge kudos to SpaceX. This is a really good first step on the way to orbit and on the way to the moon. 
He says the launch gives SpaceX valuable information for their future tests. You got to remember, the Wright brothers, you know, the first people to ever fly a powered vehicle, they crashed a lot too in 1908. This first test flight comes after years of explosive tests, regulatory hurdles, and public hyping from SpaceX CEO Elon Musk. SpaceX believes Starship could be the rocket that returns astronauts to the moon one day, or even takes the first trip to Mars. Tesla revenue and profits have fallen after the company slashed the prices on electric vehicles. In the first quarter, Tesla earned $2.9 billion. It's down 22% from a year ago. Tesla has so far lowered the prices on its vehicles six times this year, including twice this month. And while there have been record deliveries, the lower sticker prices caused revenue to fall $1.3 billion compared to the fourth quarter. Still, CEO Elon Musk believes it's the right strategy. Here he is on an earnings call earlier. Uh, we've taken a view that pushing for higher volumes and a larger fleet is the right choice here uh, versus a lower volume and uh, higher margin. Uh, however, we expect our vehicles over time will be able to generate a significant uh, profit through uh, autonomy. Musk is counting on full self-driving and other new technologies to provide the wow factor beyond its rivals. On the call, he said Tesla will likely launch full self-driving this year, an option that's going to set you back $15,000. The technology as it stands now has drawn legal and re regulatory scrutiny following crashes. Tesla has said the technology does not make the car autonomous and requires driver supervision. Shares of Tesla fell nearly 10% today. A big update in the AI wars. Elon Musk has threatened to sue Microsoft. This is the culmination of a series of events involving both companies. What's going on here? Well, let me explain. In a short tweet, Musk wrote, they, meaning Microsoft, trained illegally using Twitter data. Lawsuit time. Musk did not elaborate further, but people assume he is accusing Microsoft of illegally using Twitter data to train AI chatbot ChatGPT. ChatGPT uses large amounts of data to generate text. This lawsuit could potentially have merit, according to business law professor Nicholas Creel. He's been studying business and cyber law for 15 years. Creel says this is only, though, if ChatGPT did, in fact, use Twitter data without paying for it. So it was doing so in an out-of-contractual way. If that's the case, and if he can prove it, he may well have a claim that a lot of the financial gain that Microsoft is getting off of this new AI was done on the back of Twitter in a way where they now should actually pay up. So this could be a breach of contract type of case. And in order for Musk to win, he will have to prove that ChatGPT illegally used Twitter's data. Business law professor Nicholas Creel says, well, this won't be easy. It's going to be incredibly difficult and in a long process to be something that can prove. They're going to have to first actually start the whole lawsuit process. Then they're going to have to subpoena all kinds of documents and interviews with other individuals. This is the sort of thing that could easily drag out for years. And it's not really quite known to what degree Microsoft is financially benefiting from this. And there's actually more to the story. Musk's tweet in which he threatened to sue Microsoft was a reply to another tweet from Twitter Daily News. It wrote that Microsoft is dropping Twitter from Microsoft's advertising platform. Now, this is a huge blow to Twitter. Commercial litigation attorney Omar Ochoa explains. 
Microsoft, just like Google and just like some others, they have an advertising platform uh, where businesses can be their clients and they will uh, assist them in pushing out their ads to an array of social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, etc. cetera. Uh, so Microsoft has included Twitter on its advertising platform. So it's like a central place where advertisers go to manage all of their social media accounts. Many advertisers have already left Twitter, and Microsoft will only make that situation worse if it kicks Twitter out of its ad platform. And the main reason that Microsoft wants to kick Twitter out is that Twitter reportedly started charging money for companies for access to its data, as well as other features like integrating Twitter's features into their own apps or automating tasks. Twitter has a multi-tier subscription model for access to its data. Reports say that Twitter's lowest tier is already $42,000 per month. This is for access to 50 million tweets, so people on this tier can retrieve and analyze these tweets every month. A mid-tier plan gives 100 million tweets at $125,000 a month, and the highest tier gives 200 million tweets for $110,000 a month. Reportedly, before this plan, much of this access was free. We spoke to the former chief AI data scientist at Intel, Bob Rogers. He's also the CEO of data analytics firm OII.AI. It provides services similar to what Twitter is giving these companies. Rogers believes these plans may be a bit expensive. And it's costing suddenly a couple million dollars a year. That's a, that's, that's a non-starter. And if, if the services that I'm using to accumulate that information and, and feed it back to me are going now from no cost to what I would imagine for a, a large scale could be, you know, tens or, or, you know, more of millions of dollars. That's going to be, that's going to be reflected back to me. And I'm probably not going to be able to continue to use those services. So in summary, first, Twitter began charging companies to use its data. This caused Microsoft to announce it's removing Twitter from its advertising platform. And now Musk is threatening to sue Microsoft. Microsoft will remove Twitter from its ad platform on April 25th, five days from now. Keep you updated. Snapchat's AI chatbot feature is now free. Snap is doing all they can to keep up with TikTok. NTD's Sean Marshall has more. Snap's artificial intelligence chatbot called MyAI will now be able to respond to users' messages with a fully AI-generated image. The announcement came at Snap's annual partner summit on Wednesday. For example, I can ask MyAI to suggest weekend activities for our family or get the perfect lens recommendation. Now for free, the chatbot was first available to users who pay $3.99 a month for Snapchat Plus, the company's premium subscription. If you send MyAI a snap of a dog, it might respond with a funny snap, like this one. <laughs> or if you send a snap of the vegetables growing in your garden, my AI might recommend a recipe. Research has shown that Gen Z, the 16 to 24 age group, may be the loneliest generation ever, even before the COVID-19 pandemic, according to Future Care Capital. This Twitter user said Snap AI is officially her therapist. This person is not such a big fan and said AI is not much better than men in her direct messages. What's the best surf spot near here? Wow, it's a lot of options. Okay. The main beach at a site just down the road. Snap is probably being very careful with this new feature as there have been news stories of suicide and depression in some people who become emotionally attached to AI chatbots. 
In March, a married father reportedly committed suicide after an AI chatbot encouraged him to sacrifice himself to save the planet from climate change. Snap analyzes conversations with MyAI and has found that 99.5% of the chatbot's responses adhere to Snapchat's community guidelines, according to its press release. Sean Marshall, NTD News. Apple CEO Tim Cook opens a second store in India today, highlighting Apple's growing ambition for the country. It's a dream come true, literally. Apple is not just a company. Apple's second retail store in India is now in business, as doors to Apple Sackett opened in the capital New Delhi on Thursday. Apple CEO Tim Cook is in India this week to open the first physical stores in the country, making a milestone for Apple in the world's second largest smartphone market. As part of his visit, Cook met with the Indian Prime Minister and the country's IT minister. Cook says Apple is committed to growing and investing across the country. Apple has been trying to make India a bigger manufacturing base. It assembles mainly through iPhones in India through Taiwan contractors. But plans to expand into iPads and AirPods as it looks to cut reliance on China. It's also trying to capture the market as Indian consumers increasingly look to upgrade the devices. Still, Apple's pricey iPhones are affordable by only a few in India, where it has a market share of just 3%. In January, India's trade minister said Apple wanted the country to account for up to 25% of its production versus about 5 to 7% now. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen laid out the U.S. economic approach to China. This was in a speech today at Johns Hopkins University. The approach will be based on three principles. Here's Yellen today listing them out. First, we will secure our national security interests and those of our allies and partners, and we will protect human rights. Second, we seek a healthy economic relationship with China. Third, we seek cooperation on the urgent global challenges of our day. Since last year's meeting between Presidents Biden and Xi, both countries have agreed to enhance communication around the macro economy and cooperation on issues like climate. Yellen said Washington would not compromise on those concerns, even when they are forcing trade-offs with U.S. economic interests. She said the Biden administration also was not seeking a winner-take-all competition. We talked with a business professor earlier today to help us digest some key points from the speech. He said that China, in fact, is seeking a winner-take-all competition and that China is looking at this competition as a zero-sum game. Now, Jenna Yellen laid out uh, the U.S.'s approach to China today. Uh, she said the U.S. will put national security interests first above everything else, even if there will be trade-offs economically. Now, what do you think about that? I think that's highly not credible. Uh, if you think about uh, just last month, China flew a, a spy balloon over the United States. Uh, and all we hear from the administration is that uh, uh, Senator Blinken and Treasury Secretary Senator Yellen are setting up trips to Beijing uh, at the appropriate time. And meanwhile, we've been hearing, all we hear is that the, the Chinese government, government is rebuffing uh, 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 any attempts by the United States to reignite, you know, uh, the direct conversations. The United States has put national security less. A couple of other points that uh, Secretary Yellen pointed out in her speech today. One, another one is maintaining a healthy relationship with China. Now, 
I want your thoughts on that. I mean, is the U.S. having a healthy relationship right now? What are the obstacles? Just give us your thoughts. Well, it takes two to tango, right? The Chinese uh, Communist Party is uh, views the world in a zero-sum way. You notice that the Chinese government has, is not making any concessions on climate change or anything else. So the administration right now is trying to manage our cooperation and trying to build up on this idea of a healthy economic relationship when we know that the opponent doesn't see this as a cooperative relationship, but a zero-sum game. You mentioned climate change. Now, I want to ask you, because Yellen also mentioned this uh, in her speech today as well, she seeks cooperation uh, with China in this regard. I mean, has China demonstrated any signs of living up to its climate change goals? Absolutely not. Since the, the Paris Climate Accord was signed in 2015, China basically has added more than an, the entire energy consumption of Germany in coal alone. Can you imagine? Germany is the third, uh, fourth biggest economy in the world. Now, you're a business professor, so I just want to go through some of the points that Yellen mentioned today. She also s talked about not wanting to decouple with China. I mean, I don't know if you think, uh, if you agree with this, but she said it's going to be disastrous if the U.S. and China decoupled completely. W what do you think? I, I, there I would agree a little bit because uh, 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 there are areas where we can cooperate with China, uh, uh, where we, we both can get advantages, like, uh, for example, increasing U.S. agricultural exports to China while we, uh, you know, keep importing uh, Chinese rare earth minerals, etc. That, that's an, an area where we both get advantage from each other. But in other areas where our interests are clearly uh, 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 antagonistic based on how China has formulated its policy, we absolutely have no interest that can be uh, re reconciled. So I, um, I don't necessarily think that decoupling is a good idea, but uh, uh, because we can save, there are some areas where we can both benefit by trading with each other. But we, the United States, have, have to make sure that we do that understanding what where our advantages lie and not just basically given away to becoming ever more dependent on China. Right. I mean, I was looking at the speech today. I, I was going through it. Uh, it seems like uh, on a number of points, you are at odds with what uh, Yellen is saying. Maybe just give, give us your takeaway uh, in general of the speech. Basically, it, it is a, a, a speech that communicates incredible weakness. It is a speech where basically you see the United States again begging the Chinese uh, uh, Communist Party to uh, come to the table and negotiate reasonably. I think that's all the time we have today, Professor. Thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you so much, Don. Still to come, an IRS whistleblower reportedly wants to testify before Congress. He's alleging political interference in the investigation into Hunter Biden's business dealings. That and more coming up on NTD Business. An IRS agent is alleging that the Hunter Biden tax evasion investigation is being mishandled. 
The official is seeking whistleblower protection to provide testimony to Congress. NTD's Daniel Monaghan has the story. The whistleblower is being represented by attorney Mark Lytle. Lytle told a group of congressional committee leaders on Wednesday that he wants to expose preferential treatment and false testimony to Congress by a senior political appointee. Lytle appeared on CBS Evening News. Typical steps that a law enforcement investigator would take were compromised because of political considerations. Lytle says the unnamed whistleblower is a career IRS criminal supervisory special agent who has been overseeing the ongoing and sensitive investigation of a high-profile controversial subject since early 2020. The New York Post reported that a congressional source confirmed the person in question is Hunter Biden. Lytle says his client has already testified internally at the IRS and has made disclosures to the Department of Justice and to the Office of the Inspector General. According to Lytle, his client can back up all of his claims. The things he's been through are, are very well documented in emails and other communications with the Department of Justice. Senator Ron Johnson told Real America's Voice that the truth is now trying to come out. What is jaw-dropping is Hunter Biden knew he was being investigated by the IRS and he continued his grifts. The family continued their grifts. Johnson pointed an accusatory finger at the media. These guys are brazen. That they, they know that they can count on the media to cover for them. They, they know that they're above the law. Representative Russell Fry called the Biden family investigation explosive stuff on Fox News. Where you see members of the Biden family uh, that have no connection to energy companies whatsoever all of a sudden receive through a series of transactions this money. Lytle says the whistleblower wishes to testify in a nonpartisan manner to the leadership of relevant committees on both sides of the aisle. Hunter Biden has been under federal investigation since 2018. The investigation is being led by Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss. He has not been charged with any crimes. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. Still to come, a Facebook settlement may put money in your pocket. Users can now apply for their share of a more than $700 million settlement. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. Are you a Facebook user? If so, you might be able to claim some free money from a settlement of over $700 million. As a result of a lawsuit that claimed Facebook violated users' privacy. The lawsuit says Facebook gave a political consulting firm access to 87 million users' data. And that data was then allegedly used to target U.S. voters in the 2016 election. As part of the settlement, Facebook users can now apply for a cash payment if they had an account between May 2007 and December 2022. It's unclear how much compensation each claimant will get. A rare total solar eclipse darkened the skies over the west coast of Australia. A small seaside town became one of the few places in the world where onlookers could witness the celestial event. Thousands of astronomy fans came from around the world to watch the spectacle. At about half past 11 local time, the moon crossed the sun for about a minute. Darkness fell and the temperature dropped. Viewers cheered out loud as the eclipse hit totality. Oh, incredible. Just incredible. 
Someone like, turned the lights out and turned them back on again. How good was that? <laughs> oh, I just so thrilled and felt so eerie and I, was, I had shakes. I just like so surprised and just something like I'd never experienced before really. According to NASA, a hybrid eclipse occurs when the moon's shadow moves across the Earth's surface. And the solar eclipse varies between an annular and a total one. This site will appear again in nine years. And that's it today from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. Thanks for watching and we'll see you tomorrow.